So today we have Scott and Laura Bono, who have become friends uh, since um, we've been reporting on this since the springtime of 2021. I met their son, Jackson, who has been injured uh, for over 30 years because of the MMR vaccination back uh, when he received it as a child. And Laura is the executive director of the Children's Health Defense. And Scott and Laura, I'm, you guys have participated in our American Conversations in Atlanta in July on the panel, which we are all grateful for. And I wanted to come to you today and ask you, what is your reaction to the authorization by the FDA of giving vaccinations to five to 11 year olds? with your experience for the last 30 plus years and speak from the heart. And these are the same people that were in Fauci was involved back in when your son received his vaccination that has so injured his life and affected yours as parents. So what's your message to people today, the warning to parents and how they should really look at this through the eyes of parents who have experienced this? Uh, well, first of all, um, he got the MMR that day, but he also got other vaccines that day. He ended up with mercury poisoning. So the, the, all of the cumulative, all the vaccines together, we think perhaps caused Jackson's injury. Regarding the FDA um, authorization, it's everything that we've been trying to stop for the last year and a half. We knew that eventually there would be a vaccine that they would eventually come after the children and they have. And sadly, we know that the government already bought 65 million doses before right. they ever, before the FDA ever even decided to even take this up in the committee. So um, the fix was in and we, it was predictable. And I would imagine that, this time next week, we will be talking about the CDC doing the exact same thing. They will be recommending it. And then the vaccine will go on to children um, and into people's, uh, into children's arms. Um, the sad thing is that what we've learned is that the government often lies about vaccinations. Um, there is just too much money involved and big pharma money is everywhere. It's in the media. It's, um, you know, all the conflicts of interest. We're coming out with an article tomorrow um, in the Defender about all the conflicts of interest of the FDA committee that just approved it. So uh, we are sad. We know that children are going to be injured and children are going to die. And it was needless, just like our son. I mean, we look back now and we, we I would have taken a bout of measles or, I mean, diphtheria, pertussis, uh, you know, you can treat with antibiotics, you know, uh, we just didn't know at the time. And so, so many parents believe in their government and they think that they're telling them the truth, but um, we know now that they are not. And uh, the vaccine safety program is just a shambles. And if I could tell any parents anything, it is um, to look into that and to pay attention to the conflicts and to listen to parents like us who have nothing to gain and only trying to help other people. Um, and Laura, before we move to Scott for a second, um, it is it, let the public know that you found out 
within the last I guess 16 years ago, 18 years ago, that you that that people lied. People lied about the metal that was in the vaccines that Jackson received. Explain that story, because I think that there's what we have is people say, oh, no, no, they, the government wouldn't lie to us. They lied. It's worse than lying, actually, in that the, the consequence arose where the amount of mercury that were in childhood vaccines over a specific period of time from 88 to about 98, was not being kept track of by the government, the people who are supposed to be keeping track of the casual exposures of the ingredients in vaccines, specifically mercury in this case. It wasn't discovered until a group of parents in 99 came to the CDC and and NIH said, hey, you're not keeping track of mercury. And it was discovered at that point that there was about 100 times the amount of, of safe exposure to mercury that kids were exposed to just in their childhood vaccines. So this was an oversight that I, at best, oversight. And then the lies started to, to come free, freely. And that, that's, that's the saddest part. Is was, one- was, Scott, was that because the parents became more, because they brought the evidence to the authorities? It, that's exactly what happened. So um, so the, these parents brought, brought the evidence to CDC and NBIC and NIH, and uh, lo and behold, CDC uh, and the, uh, a group for vaccine safety met at Simpsonwood in 99, 2000, and they were like, holy smokes, we haven't been keeping track of the mercury, and we have this group of kids uh, that we have identified as many, 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 many more times likely to have uh, develop autism, PDD, and other disorders if they were in this group. And those two groups were African-Americans. This is the MMR and, me, and, and Mercury. And the second group was the undifferentiated group, this group who had no health issues, were de- reaching developmental milestones at or ahead of time, who for some reason, post-MMR, would regress and post uh, exposure to these mercury-laden vaccines. So the notes are still available. The Simpsonwood notes are available. They're out there. Um, they realized, holy smokes, we did we did expose these children to amounts of mercury that we weren't keeping track of. What do we do? Well, what ended up happening is they just lied and lied mm-hmm. and lied. Well, and once it came out, uh, to the public that there was mercury in vaccines, then the government, rather than pull them from the shelves and think about it, we they pull bicycle helmets, they pull baby food off the shelves. They shelf. pull Tylenol. Right, that, right. So they did not pull the mercury from the shelves. So even when they realized that children were getting, you know, way over the, the amount of exposure that they should be getting uh, through these vaccinations. They continued. And what they ended up saying to people is, don't worry, it's just trace amounts, right? Trace amounts. And so um, there, we actually, there's a movie called Trace Amounts, and it's about the mercury in the vaccines. And that's what they came out with the public, to the public. And so the public thought, oh, well, a little bit of mercury is okay. No, mercury is never, a little bit of mercury is never okay. And certain children that were more vulnerable. So you really could look at a generation and say that these kids were poisoned just to different degrees depending on 
what their body was able to handle with the mercury. Congressman Dane Burton out of Indiana did a number of congressional hearings on the mercury in medicines concept and specifically childhood vaccines. And these hearings were astounding with the admissions before Congress by our the health experts. Um, one of the most insidious lies was that they stopped using mercury in vaccines and, and to Laura's point, just trace amounts were uh, still in the vaccines. Here, here's what's really here's what really happened was they might have stopped producing the vaccines, let's say, in 2001, 2002, but all of those lots that had been tr- produced after they knew, hey, we got to get our act clean together, act together with this mercury, all of those vaccine lots were still released and they were all the way through 2005 in terms of the inventory of vaccinations for children. So we stopped in 2001. No, that's not true. The vaccine lots that had been had been manufactured were still shipped out full complement of mercury, thank you, all the way through 2005. So, And relative to today, when you take a look at some of the U.S. pharmaceutical contracts with foreign governments, many of them have a stipulation in there. And it's hard for me to believe that people actually sign these contracts. But when they go through the Minister of Health or whatever government entity it is, FISA and the rest of them will put it, include in their contracts a notion that even if there is a COVID cure for the disease, if you order X amount, you are required to pay for them, even if they're delivered late. So the lot, the old lots, like years ago, they may be receiving dangerous, even if they come to believe that something has to be removed. I mean, this is such an insane game and it took you guys years to find the truth, even for Jackson's situation. And you, to this day, you still have to live with it. So what do you say to parents? Because this is this is where if the CDC goes forward with this. So what, what worries me about the FDA ruling is that they know that there's going to be adverse events. However, the, the parents aren't going to be treated as if uh, when an event does occur, when they bring their child to the doctor, the doctors are going to dismiss it instead of addressing the adverse event. And that's, <coughs> excuse me, that's what happened to us. We knew it pretty much at the start that that these vaccines had a horrible impact on our son. And we went to doctor after doctor after doctor. And if doctors are not aware that these events, that these uh, 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 outcomes <laughs> are, are consistent with exposure, uh, the vaccination, then the doctors don't know how to treat it. They're not knowing what to look for. The parents will be will be dealing with an injured child and there's no body to help them. And so- And there's no preparation for this no, at all. None and, whatsoever. And because it's an experimental shot, there's no long-term safety data. Really, there's no short-term safety data. I mean, they've only been looking um, at children for a few months now. And these 5 to 11-year-olds, uh, it's just so sad. They're, as I said before, children are going to be injured. Children are going to die. And they absolutely have just such a minuscule risk of having any complications from COVID. 
So, I mean, most children already have it. I think I read a statistic today, CDC statistic, 50% of kids have already gotten COVID. They've survived it. They're fine. And that's the ones that they know of. Um, this is just an atrocity and it is, it's being perpetrated on our children and it's for money and it's, it's criminal. So what message I would bring to the people that are watching this right now would be to say, Hey, I don't want you to be a part of my club anymore. I don't want you to go trust yourself with all of the science, all of the COVID baloney that has been thrown upon us, <coughs> excuse me, and out of fear, subject your child to this, have that child get injured and be a member of our club. That I don't want that. And, you know, I, I work for <coughs> Children Health Defense, Children's Health Defense, and I know that we are going to start fielding phone calls. I just know it. And it's going to be heartbreaking to hear parents going through it again. I mean, yeah. it's just, um, it, we talk about it a lot. The moms that all work there, um, is post-traumatic stress disorder, right? We just, right. we, uh, we hear these stories. It's our stories. We, we understand the injury. We know okay. what they're going to be dealing with. We know how they're going to feel like they have been lied to. They're going to be angry. Um, they're going to be sad. Uh, they're going to be betrayed. betrayed. Uh, they're going to probably go bankrupt trying to help their child. Um, and the government is completely um, has given pharmaceutical companies a free pass. So these vaccine manufacturers have no liability. And I think I think that's important to mention um, to Christine, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I think that so many parents think that if there's an issue, we've been conditioned to think that, well, the courts are going to fix it. So Vioxx, there was a problem. The courts fixed it. You have an automobile accident where someone else is at fault. The courts fix it. I've actually been point blanked by a reporter or even parents over the years of, well, if there was really a problem with vaccines, why doesn't, um, why, why hasn't anybody gotten any money from lawsuits? Well, you can't sue them. And just right. like this vaccine, they, it's even worse. They are, it's called the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, CICP. And there is virtually no way that any of these injured children or dead children are going to get any compensation from the government because you have to prove that the pharmaceutical companies did it on purpose. Well, you can't, how can you prove that? You can't prove that someone got out of their you know, got up in the morning and said, I'm going to go poison children. That's just not, you, you can't prove that. So they're, they're absolutely not going to get any compensation, just like um, the National Inj uh, Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which our son went through and we did not get any compensation. So it's on the backs of parents. It's on many times one or both parents have to stay home to take care of the child. And these families are absolutely ruined by, by the bills that they have to pay and the worry and the stress. There's a, the, the other thing that, that comes to mind is the advertisement or the news story today that talked about the five to 11 year olds 
being uh, brought into the group to be vaccinated. <coughs> Excuse me. One of the things that they said, the adverse events that have been uh, seen in the clinical trials are easily treated. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you what the adverse events are, but that they're easily treated. They're not. They don't know what they are. Yet we see story after story about kids and young adults and adults who went through the clinical trials who have been seriously injured. And there is no help. There is no treatment for the adverse event directly related to the injection that they're about to go under. When I have done interviews with people in Fauci's crowd, it's very interesting to me because one man in particular, Dennis Carroll, who was involved with the PREDICT project, Mm -hmm. said to me when I started talking to people who had family members who were injured in the vaccine Mm -hmm. arena or the COVID vaccine arena, the clinicals and the non-clinicals and people like you I had been interviewing, he reduced you to urban legends. And he basically said that uh, if there is, you know, if there's blood clot, if there's 6 million people who have blood clots and 325, 6, 6 million people who took the vaccines and there's 325,000 blood people with blood clots, there's treatment for blood clots. And then I told Dennis flat out, I said, Dennis, I have yet to interview anybody that, 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 that has just one issue. Everybody has multiple issues here. Yeah. Right. And so what Scott's talking about is the myocarditis that they specifically said, the committee said, well, we're really worried that um, children are going to get myocarditis. They know that this is going to happen. It happened in the 12 to 18 year olds. It's going to happen in these young kids. It happened to the two kids in Indiana that accidentally got the adult dose of COVID. So, but they say once again, like your friend, oh, well, it's easily treated. Who wants to take their child into the ER? Who has who has insurance to take their children to the well, ER with a heart issue? Or do the child just suddenly die during the night and nobody ever finds out what happened to them? It is it is an absolute train wreck that's going to happen. It's predictable. It's sad. And I hope that the, the public will hear more about this. Thank you for airing this. It's important um, because if they do, it's very possible, hope, I can only hope that, that this committee and others like it um, will be able, will have to stand in judgment of the public for what they've done because they had the research. Um, That's right. If we, if, if we weren't sure they had the research, if they haven't been paying attention, which they should be because that's their job, but if they weren't paying attention, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Federal expressed the research to them before the committee. And he said to them, they are on notice. So- well, not only are they on notice, but I've been saying this all along in our interviews that I, I, I have the documentation that in fact, that they have been, that they have known about the neurological uh, ailments and injuries since at least December, 2020. I can say that as a reporter on the air, I have seen the documentation. I know it. I've been talking to people who would like to come out of the pharma uh, industry and become whistleblowers, but they, they're not quite at that point. They're having moral you know, crises going on professionally, but they don't know about the, um, the benefit to coming out according to them versus the risk. And so I think if more people keep on, I mean, they're going to face, they're going to face God at some point. I mean, that's just, that's just flat out the reality of it, but I'm willing to interview all the, all the parents, 
of Jackson's generation, because I think that that is the next voice that has to come out. There has to be a reality check from just like Scott and you, Laura, to, to, to other parents to say, hey, don't just jump on this because we were lied to. Right. Well, and I think it's really important that we say we talked about myocarditis, but you're talking about neurological injury because you're right. Everyone is getting the neurological injury right. or most. So mm -hmm. you've get who since when is a neurological injury easy to treat? When? Never. Well, right? well who who thinks of it as something that that it's it's so rare that you shouldn't worry about a neurological issue? Unless you neurological issue, even as you age, gets worse. Right. And um, and that's happened to a lot of young children uh, who have been vaccine injured. And as they get older, the neurological injuries are worse. And we know that we we know the parents, we know the children that that happens. So um, there was a there's a woman who is a preschool teacher. I won't say her name here, but I've been in touch with her. Um, she took the covid shot, was injured. But I found her story very interesting because she, you know, how the parents of autistic children have just been marginalized in the media mm -hmm. that our children's injuries did not come from vaccines, right? Oh, those crazy parents don't listen to them. Well, she is a preschool teacher, works with autistic children. She certainly knew what autism looks like. But as her injury manifested with the COVID shot, she found that a lot of her injuries were were autism injuries right she couldn't be around noise she couldn't have people touching her the light bothered her conversations bothered her she couldn't find the words um now all of that's gotten better i mean she's done ivig and all sorts of things but i found it interesting that her profound neurological injuries were similar to what little children Ha, you know, when they're 18 months old, they can't tell you what's happening to them. And she at least had in had language to pull from, you know, those little children injured like Jackson didn't have the language to be able to tell us what was happening. That's why you that's why I've always said that, that the parents of children who have been injured when the children couldn't tell the parents what was going on with them. And then later, like you guys with Jackson, and then later you found out you know what was in, in in the ingredients for the vaccines. I, I feel I feel like the the COVID vaccine injured generation are the voices of the children in the past. I really do believe that. I said that when we were all together on the stage in July, and I, I believe that even more so today. And and I, you, but the next step in this is the voices of the parents like yourself. So I am completely open to interview any of the parents like yourself of that generation, because this needs to stop. And the, 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 the similarity here is the fact that Fauci was involved when Jackson was injured. That's Fauci right. is still involved today. And now's the time for this, for the veil to be ripped back. Just and hopefully when Bobby's book comes out, um, that, you know, it'll, it'll completely rip it, rip it to shreds and people are going to find out what's really been going on behind the scenes for so many decades. Thank we you guys for joining us and, and let's keep in touch and call me anytime and, you know, and for anything that comes down the pike, cause this is not, this story's not going away. No, it's not. It's going to get worse. Yeah. Thank you for keeping it out there, Christine. Yeah. Thank you for your work. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being, you know, for being, making yourself available.
We were hoping the FDA committee would come through. We're hoping CDC committee comes through. We can't count on it. So now the parents have to really put their foot down and say no. And especially right now, just to know, uh, you it's um, emergency youth authorization for anybody that doesn't know, EUA. And you absolutely cannot mandate something like that. So the parents should say no. They don't have to say yes to anything like that. Keep in touch. Thank you. God bless. All right.